Welcome, precious one. The message you are about to listen to will bless and enlighten you, and we're delighted about this. Ministering is Reverend Elijah, pastor of Christ Glory Ministries. Stay tuned, and God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, as you've known, we've been on a series for some time now. Praise the Lord. What's the title of the series we've been on? Again. One more time. Engaging the supernatural. Hallelujah. And we've learned a number of things throughout the the session. Hallelujah. Yeah, what are some of the things we've learned so far? Yes. So should I start from the back or the front? Are the microphones available? So those who want to speak. Okay, I'll call Tony. Thank you for the opportunity. Right. We learned that we should never mix perspective with the truth. Powerful. Powerful. That's very powerful. Praise God. Never mix what? Perspective with the truth. That is very deep. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we said never mix perspective with what? Truth. Hallelujah. Never mix what? Perspective with what? Truth. Truth is objective. Truth is not subjective. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, perspective is subjective, but truth is objective. Hallelujah. Perspective is what? Subjective. Truth is what? Objective. And I used an illustration um, of this a chair. If I put it in the center here, and somebody from the back is supposed to identify it they were just, or supposed to draw it, they will probably just draw just the back side and it will look like a cardboard. Praise God. Another person from this side will draw it as probably maybe a cardboard with two colors. Praise God. One person from the other side will also draw it a particular way. Or, if you like, when you put three blind people around an elephant, One person will hold the ear of the elephant and say, Wow, this is a very large portion of the elephant. Another person may hold the trunk and say, Wow, it has a very long whatever. Another person will hold one part and say, "Ah, This feels like a very big wall. And so their descriptions of the elephant, because they are blind, will be different. But each of them is true. I get in me. But one of the ways to be easily deceived is to have half truth or incomplete truth. And that's one of the reasons why many times in various Christian lives there is a limitation because there is incomplete truth or half truth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One of the ways that you identify objective truth is that it must be able to vindicate itself when put to the test. I hear what I'm saying. This is what makes our faith in Jesus Christ and Christianity unique in the entire world and makes it more than a religion. We do not just profess to have the truth. There are tokens and evidences that show that we have the truth. Because any other religious leader who came on this earth profess one thing or the other. But we're not able to live up to it. Praise God. But Jesus, his message was eternal life. That was his message. Eternal life. That's what he came to give men. And if you came to give an eternal life, then we need to believe. We need to see. So that is the reason why when he died, he rose again from the dead. To demonstrate authority and power over death. To prove and to demonstrate eternal life. To demonstrate that he has life over death. And in Christ we receive life over death. I feel what I'm saying. Now he's the only one who has proved it like that. And even in his absence, we work miracles, demonstrate the power of God, prophesy. 
transform lives through that same power of over 2,000 years ago, which testify to the truth that we proclaim and the truth we preach in his name. Praise God. Are you following this? So we said never mix perspective with what? Truth. That is why the power of God is very necessary. Christianity without power will probably look like another religion elsewhere. Your Christianity must have power. And what is the key to power in Christianity? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus to the disciples said, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall therefore, for, he said, from there you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. So, the Holy Spirit is our access to power in Christ. So, there is no believer that is powerless. They are only power ignorant. Because they don't have knowledge of how to activate the power, how to utilize the power. Or they are ignorant of the ministry of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Now, Jesus said something. He said, you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, in the same book of Acts chapter 2 verse 4, the very first time the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples, they spoke in tongues. That was the first one, the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And the power Jesus spoke about. Because through speaking in tongues, you activate power. Amen. Alright, let's not go into a different message altogether. So we learned, don't mix perspective with truth. Amen. Hallelujah. What else did we learn? Who has the microphone now? Okay, what else did we learn? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. So, we've also learned that faith. Yes, sir, faith. Yeah, so we've learned that we should uh, mix God's word with faith and that it will produce the results that we desire. So you mix God's word with faith. Amen. All right. Who else? We are, no. I want somebody that's... <laughs> we have a doctor in our midst too. I think Dr. Kiko should speak to us. Praise God. Okay, Esther will rescue her. Amen. All right, let's hear from Esther. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. So, um, we learned that uh, Christianity at its core is supernatural, and its expression also is supernatural. Powerful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we learned all these. We also learned about the mindset of hallelujah. How that faith has its mindset, has its way, its reasons. Praise God. And last week, we came to an important place where we said that we have learned the what, we have learned the why. Now we need to know the how. Glory to God. God's word always has three things and the key is the how. Are you with me? You know the what, you know the why, then now you must know the how. The how of God's word is what makes you victorious. The how of God's word is what makes you, gives you results. Are you with me? So, in the parables of Jesus Christ, he gave illustrations on how the kingdom operates, how things are done. It's not enough to know what. It's not enough to know why. You must know how. It is when you know how, you have actually been taught to be able to reproduce the same thing that he taught you. I would mean, you can know what. You can know this is a car. And you can say, oh, very nice car, very great car, very powerful car. And then you can also know why a car. Because you understand that it makes translation faster, right? It makes translation more luxurious, more comfortable. Praise God. But all of that, having the car in your house, knowing the what, this is a BMW, M8 or whatever, and then knowing why do you have a car? Oh, because it makes life, all of that without knowing how to use the car is waste. Please understand what I'm saying. And many believers know what. Many even know why. But the how is absent from their knowledge. And this is why there are not sufficient results among or in the lives of many believers. Glory to Jesus. So last week we began, we said, how to get faith or how do I grow faith? How? How? 
do I even have faith in the first place? And we turn to the um, the book of Romans, chapter 12. First of all, I mentioned to you that there were two major things the disciples decided to learn from Jesus Christ. One was to learn how to pray. And the second thing they asked him was that he would increase their faith. Which we saw in Luke 17, verse 5. Let's just go there quickly before we go to Romans 12. Luke 17. Because you see, they asked two things. First one they asked was, Lord, teach us how to pray. Then the next thing they realized was, okay, it seems the prayer we've got it, but now we need more faith. And this is what the Lord told them. Luke 17, verse 5. Are you there? Right. Verse 5 says, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, un- said unto them, If ye have if he had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Hallelujah. That's what he told them. Now, Romans 12 verse 5. And this is why it's important to listen to the messages. Once they are uploaded, because you need to go back, start from the beginning, hear all the various stages because without faith you will not be able to properly engage the supernatural and there are dynamics to this hallelujah lift your hand and say thank you holy spirit thank you for the spirit of wisdom thank you for the spirit of revelation thank you for the spirit of understanding and knowledge in you hallelujah right so romans 12 are you there let's start from verse 2 It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Hallelujah. According as God had dealt to the measure of faith. So what he's saying here is that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And this is the measure of faith we all receive when we are born again. So the the day you were born again, there was a measure of faith that was present. You see, there's a measure of faith that was present. Now, the very, by the very identification that he used the word measure means faith can be small or more. Faith can be little or more. Do you follow? Because his words were the measure of faith. You don't use measure for things you can't measure. Are you here? You don't use measure for things you can't measure. You only use measure for things you can measure. So the drug can be measured. The water can be measured. The food can be measured. By plates or bowls. So there are people here that look very skinny. But you give them three bowls and they'll finish it in no time. And they'll even ask you for more. They look very innocent, but they can eat a lot. Various measures. Hallelujah. So he said, as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. Now, if you have a measure of faith, it might not be able to accomplish certain things that you desire it to accomplish. And that is why Jesus Christ would say to some people, you have little faith or you have great faith. Or to some, in the scriptures, you discover some people had strong faith. Others had weak faith. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Are you here? Matthew 6. Let's come down to verse, let's start from verse Um, 26 praise God or 25 it says therefore I say unto you take no thought for your life oh thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit I acknowledge you I praise you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you wow 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 thank you hallelujah Glory, glory, glory. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, 
they neither neither they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. He says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? O ye of what? O ye of what? So over here, Jesus Christ has also measured faith. And he says they are of what? Little faith. What was he trying to stop them from doing? Worrying. Are with me? He was trying to stop them from what? Worrying. Anxiety. Concerns. Depression. So, worry becomes a product of little faith. Oh, what, what, what will happen to me tomorrow? Look at my home. Yes, what, what will we even wear tomorrow? What will we even eat? Little faith. You see? Little faith. Matthew chapter 8. I want to show you something. Or oh, let's use Matthew 14 rather so you can see it clearly. You can see something important there. Matthew 14. Let's start from verse 27. At this point, Jesus Christ had been walking on the sea to go to the disciples, praise the Lord. And when he got close, they were afraid because they thought he was a ghost. Hallelujah. They thought he was afraid. They, you know, they thought he was a ghost because they were afraid. When it's dark like that and you suddenly see some, something moving and approaching, probably in white, you know, it's not a very pleasant expectation. Praise God. Yeah. Like you are in your you are in your room, you are praying, or maybe you are in the compound, you are praying, and then you suddenly see somebody approaching you, like, "Hey, you know you are there alone. Nobody is there with you." Praise God. So they were they were afraid, and they began to you know speak up. They were Bible says they cried out for fear. Hey, 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 James, come bro, because they were afraid. I mean, these are fishermen. And the funny thing is that they, it was not only one person. They were many. At least 12 or more. But they, somehow they were still afraid because they had not seen this kind of thing before. And they were afraid. They, were, they began to cry for fear. 27. But straightway Jesus Christ spoke unto them saying, Be of good cheer, desire, be not afraid. I seen this. And 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. Again, over here, Jesus Christ has what? Measured faith. He says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So little faith has doubts. Yeah. That's why somebody you're working with somebody, or you want to marry a particular lady or a guy, and then at a point they really wonder whether you will even be successful in future. This thing quite even work. Little faith. You see, Peter, by faith, follow this, by faith, began to walk on the water. Are you hear what I'm saying? In fact, among the disciples, he's the only one who walked on water. Whether 10 steps, 5 steps, he's the only one. So there was faith. Are you with me? There was what? There was faith. But he began to doubt. So it's not that sometimes people don't have faith, but their faith is very little. And little faith may begin something with you, but you will never end. It will never get you to the end. Little faith is not enough to complete the, the assignment or to complete the, the vision or to complete the, 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 the purpose. You can start but you will never end. At a point he began to sink because his faith was little. Praise the Lord. Are you saying this? So little faith. Say little faith. Yet the Bible speaks also of great faith. 
Hallelujah. Say great faith. Matthew chapter 8. Are you there? Matthew 8. Let's start from verse 5. Say thank you Jesus. Say my faith must be great. Yes. Little faith won't help you. Little faith may take you to heaven. But you will suffer on that journey. You will go through pains. Unless you want us to make it fast for you or you want to make it fast and you know you die right now. Who would like us to we can buy a gun. Who wants us to kill him right now? Nobody wants to die. That's the thing. You don't want to. You want to live. True or false? Are you sure? Do you want to live a, a painful life? Do you want to live a defeated life? You want to live a glorious life? And you want to go to heaven in the end? Then you need faith. Yes. To change the unpleasant circumstances and to dominate. Because this world is not for weak people. The systems of the world are designed to crush the weak. If you remain weak, you'll be crushed. The Bible says faith is how we overcome the world. What does it mean to overcome? Overcome means something came at you and you overed what came at you. And the Bible says faith is how we overcome. So you are not promised a life where nothing will come against you. That's not Christianity. That's not God's promise. You are not promised a life where you will not have any obstacle. What you are promised is victory over any obstacle. I hear what I'm saying. What you are promised, what you are assured of through faith is dominion over whatever seems to push you back. Hallelujah. And for that you need faith. And not just little faith. You will need a certain kind of faith. Matthew 8. Are we there? Verse 5. And when Jesus was entering into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So he had a problem. True or false? He had a problem, right? He wasn't without a problem. He had a problem. He had a challenge. Though he was a centurion, he was in charge of at least a hundred. He was being well paid. He had good stuff, but he had a problem. Let's follow verse, verse 7. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's very interesting that some of the people who exercised great faith in the Bible were not even righteous. The two people Jesus Christ commended as having great faith, they were not even Jews. This was a Roman. The other was a Syrophoenician woman. They had one thing about them, which was perseverance, boldness. The Syrophoenician woman, Jesus, insulted her. Yes. He said, it's not fit to give the bread for the children to the dogs. Oh my God. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you four things that you should never forget? Are you hearing me? Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Knowledge is for the curious. Truth is for seekers. Revelation is for the humble. But deliverance is for the desperate. When a person really wants a deliverance, your, your, your desperateness will be measured. Heaven will measure how desperate do you want this thing. This woman, when she came, after hearing what Jesus said, is not fit to give the food for the children to the dogs. Hey, so hey. So in this equation, who is the dog here? But the woman didn't take offense. Because offense is the major stumbling block to people's deliverance, to people's blessings, to people's answers. What if the place you are supposed to be blessed by is the very place that offends you? Will you walk out because of the offense? The woman didn't get offended. She could have. But she said, yes, master. She found a higher or a way. She said, yet the dogs, they eat of the crumbs that follow the children's bread. Jesus turned and said, my goodness. Why was it so? You see, you need to understand 
that spiritual assignments and spiritual operations work within the boundaries of authority. And when Jesus came, he was sent only to the lordship of the house of Israel. So the authority of his name was restricted to Israel. If you read the devotion today, we spoke about the name of Jesus Christ. And in the devotion, I wrote and I told you that there was a great difference between the authority of the name of Jesus Christ when he was alive and when he rose from the dead. Please, are you following this? Otherwise, Paul would not come and tell us that he's, he has given a name above every other name after he rose. Because it's the same thing after all. No, it wasn't the same. The authority in his name was limited. So he told the disciples, do not go except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's why they didn't see him preaching in other places. So people who would have to tap in what he had would have to exercise a certain dimension of faith. And God will never turn down faith. Are you hearing me today? Are you learning? Are you taking notes? I've been spending your notes today. Praise God. <laughs> Somebody said, hey. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, are we there? The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my, my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now look at what Jesus said, verse 9. Okay, before, before Jesus spoke, verse 9. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Come on, are you here, somebody? He did what? He did what? He marveled. That means he was surprised. He was, he was positively amazed. Look at the guy. For God to marvel. The Bible says, he marveled and said to them that followed. So, the man was with him here. He turned to those who were following him. And look at what he said. He began to praise the man. He said, Verily I say unto you. Verily means assuredly. Verily I say unto you. I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Are you with me? He says, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. And it's sad that sometimes it appears even unbelievers have more faith than certain believers. It's not supposed to be so. God, Jesus Christ said, in verse 11, he said, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Look at what he's saying. The believers who are supposed to be enjoying the fruits of faith, he says, they will be cast out. And people will come from the east and the west. Who are those? Pagans. Heathens. And they will come and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because the qualification of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was faith. Not weak or little faith. Strong faith. Abraham had strong faith. Abraham, Bible says, he was strong in faith. Do you know what it means, God, to speak to you? That something's going to happen and it takes 25 years and you are still believing that same God. Not today's generation. Not this pancake generation. I'm telling you. You see, in, in our generation right now, in some ways, eh, it's easy to be, not really easy, but then if you have a, a little strength of mind and tenacity, you can do excellent because many are like custard. They are weak. Strength is not just in muscles. What is the tenacity of your spirit? What is the tenacity of your mind? Tough times never last. Tough people do. If you are weak, get ready to be at the, at the bottom. You will have to learn. Jesus said, those who are children of the kingdom, they will be cast into outer darkness. What does it mean? Suffering. It's, it's sad today because when I hear some of the reasons why some people are fed up and they are no more Christians, they are going to another religion. It's because he said, it doesn't work. I look at my grades. I serve God. I serve God. Look at what came. Pass. Pass. How can I go to school? Four years praying on the path. And I got pass. My brother. You see, sometimes we need to ask people a question. Why did you come to Jesus? 
Why did you come to God? You came for salvation or you came for results? Which? Truth is you came for both. But if you didn't get a result, must you lose your salvation? And question is, why didn't you get a result? Is it God's fault? God is perfect. Have you humble enough and sincere enough to go into your life and to discover what I was missing somewhere? And a lot of times, it's not just sin. That's a mistake too many make. Sin is not good. Sin is wrong. But many times, it's not just sin. It's a lot of ignorance. And underdeveloped tenacity. And if you don't get people to speak the truth like this to you, and you pass your 20s, and you pass your 30s, you pass your 40s, unless God intervenes. Greatness, success, it's not for the weak. I hear what I'm saying. It's not for the weak. Listen, you must believe in your future, believe in your greatness when there's nobody else to attest to it. You must believe in your future, believe in your greatness. You must be your first fan, your first follower, your first faith, uh, faith fan, your first leader, your first you know, supporter. You find people making quotes. Rejection. Rejection is painful. I was rejected. They rejected me. First of all, have you rejected yourself? Because the way you're talking is like you rejected yourself. You've not accepted yourself. You need others to accept you before you accept yourself. That's the problem. I'm teaching something on the ATU uh, campus. And I'm sharing them on purpose. And from there, one of the, the first thing that makes vision of purpose possible is something called the self-image. And I will teach it on ATU campus. Those of you who have not been coming, when we get there, I will teach it in a different subject. Titled Composites of Success. Listen, the first thing, many people will tell you the first thing God gave Adam was vision. Many people will tell you the first thing God gave, God gave everybody is vision. No, the first thing God gave Adam was self-image. Vision, purpose, they come out of your self-image. The quality of a leadership is connected to the quality of your self-image. Why do we have politicians who are misbehaving like that? Let's not, let's not go there now. Tell somebody, don't have weak faith. Look at what Jesus said. He said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And what did the man tell Jesus? He said, speak the word only. Speak the word only. My servant will be healed. He was a man of authority. A man who understood systems. A man who had knowledge of how things work. He said, speak the word. And Jesus said, great faith. Let's go to the woman. And God was very gracious to make sure that there was both man and woman so that nobody would rise up and say, feminist, bias, misogynist, Bible. Where are the women? I mean, crazy stuff are going on out there. Ladies, don't go and drink of the rivers of toxic feminism. And I told the guys, misogyny is never the answer. Those things are well-crafted and schemed plans of the God of this age. To bring men and women apart. So women today want to prove how they don't need a man. Make my own money. I'm a boss chick. So you come home every day. And you want to remind your husband or the man how much you don't need him. So why should he even be there? You want to turn him into a slave? That's not work that way. That was not God's system. We all have authority, but our authority is in different areas. Women are very powerful, but many don't know their power. Because they, they, some of them assume their power is in the power of a, of a man. But that's not how it is. It doesn't work that way. And it's, it's sad, you know, sometimes they are their own enemies. 
Recently, somebody was getting married. And it was women who went to dig up nasty stuff. Women were the ones who had the shovel to dig up the bones of their fellow woman to expose. But the man who was marrying the person, the man, men didn't have time. Did you hear any man come and say, you Francis, you did, you Francis? No, 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 no. Men, we don't have time for some things. <laughs> Praise God. And then there are some men that have become misogynists. All because some lady bounced them. And some of them too, they got broken heads by a lady. You see, why? who told you to put yourself under the bedding that you take up the girl through school? Eh? And she got to university and now she says she'll find somebody else. They'll find her. So she just want to be with you again. You see, there's a reason why on the wedding day, the father holds the lady's hand and brings her and come and put a hand in your hand. It is from that day He's saying, my responsibilities are transferred to you. As a man, until that day comes, you are not under pressure to take care of the woman. (laughs) You have to be responsible true. You have to show that you have capacity true. It has to reflect. A woman was able to see that you have room for some of these things. But to throw the entire burden and become father. Meanwhile, you've not paid bride price. You've not put ringer, a ring, ring on the finger. Brothers, as we watch like this and we, we, we'll be asking, should we tell him? <laughs> or we should be praying for him? <laughs> Praise God. Am I saying don't do this for a woman? I'm not saying don't do I'm saying don't do them in expectation that because of that she'll be with you. If you want to do it, do it because you're a generous person. I paid ladies rent before and I didn't pay because I wanted a relationship with them. I paid because I was a generous person. I've bought it, I've taken money for people. Thousands, ladies. Not because I want anything with them. Because that's me. Ah, there was one lady here. I kept on helping her school uh, to a point the mother said, no way, no way. This one day, something must go on. The mother. Because they observe how the girl will call me, I'm going to go to school. Or this, or this one. At, the, at that time, I think she was in university going to Ligon or something. Then I was sent. And they'll call me, Papa, no? <laughs> and I was sent. And at that time, when I used to go to church, the mother was just selling oranges and fruits. So things were not really, you get it. And I just met the lady there. I have, a, I have that kind of heart. So I started helping out with her. I was not expecting them wanting anything from the person. At the point, the mother watched her and said, No, I'm sure they sat there and said, Charlie. Oye, 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 Praise God. But I didn't want anything. I did it because I was a generous person. Praise the Lord. I I would mean. So do things with the right motive and the right understanding. As you see, I'll come a more a chair too. It is super glue so and so and so. It is a tire. What Danny misogynist? All because you did some of these things and in, the, in your mind, you're doing it because when you're doing some of these things, ask yourself, if it comes to a point and she says she will not be with me again, will I still have wanted to do it? Ask yourself those questions. You see? Because many times, what people are calling love is not really love. Because true love is unconditional. There are people who have helped who didn't repay me good. I don't regret helping them. I don't regret helping them. Because whatever I did for them, I did out of my personality, my character. Some also, I may also have done out of appreciation. So I don't regret helping them. I don't regret being a blessing to them. I get what I'm saying. There is a way to live life. 
and to last. We are young right now, but won't be young forever. And it's not just about now. You see, you have to live a quality life. A life with solid, super solid foundation. Yesterday we were at the airport. We went to see Brian Evans of Praise the Lord. Yeah. We were all we were there myself, Danny. We went to see him off. He'll be in Atlanta, um, Arkansas by 11 hours. Yeah, that about today. Yeah. Another of our ladies, as you know, is the Franca. She's also over there. When you receive foresight, are you with me? Foresight and wisdom of life and of the future. When you have some wisdom, there are ways you handle life, relationships, people. You see, let me tell you something. Let's say as a pastor, okay, right now, right now, Marvin does not need me. Marvin needs me. But he does not right now need me as much as he will need me in time to come. Right now, at your age, you may not need me as much. Though you do, but when we compare to how much you will need me in future, it's not as much. The reverse is true for, uh, for me. Right now, I may need you more than I may, when we compare to that time, than I may need you then. Why is it so? This is the reason why. You see, you are... Coming up in life, I with me, you are now about to start a family. I with me. Now you are on your own. When you sleep on your bed, you can sleep alone. If you go out and you want to buy beans or buy anything, you can buy and choose to eat it alone. <laughs> Next year, by this time, they multiply. So <laughs> when, when that time comes, all those who are saying themselves that you will catch them. Praise God. So, you are now about to start a family. Now, when you start a family, another person comes in. People, uh, kids also come in. At that point, you need your pastor even more than now. Because at that point, you are not just running things alone. You are running the lives of other people. I hear what I'm saying. But right now, maybe I may need you so much more now. But a time has come, maybe because of the abundance or the quality of people, the need may not be the same. Did you get what I'm saying? We need people at every stage of life. Even God has 24 elders. He who created the whole world. Wisdom embodied and personified. He has 24 elders. Do you get what I'm saying? The time Jesus Christ needed his disciples the most was when he was being arrested. Please, don't forget this. But that was the time he had none of them. I hear what I'm saying. The time Joseph did his brothers the most was when he was being sold into slavery. But that was when none of them were around. At every point in life, there is a space around people's life where it's called need. When you have the opportunity to be there at that time, it's not a time to look down on them. It's not a time to, 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 to behave, misbehave. It's a time to, with all that you have and all that God has blessed you with, be a blessing to them. That is why when I meet people and they are their lowest, that's the time I want to buy the grace of God and anything that God has blessed me with to be a blessing to them in that time. Not when everything has worked out. And that's how we're supposed to live life. 
that moment where you 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 support you pour, you pour your life into that other person's life is what is truly called a seed. I hear what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tell somebody live your life well. One more time, tell them live your life well. Praise God. Wow, our time is fast spent. Matthew 15. Oh my goodness. Don't miss opportunities in people's life. Oh. Praise God. Don't miss opportunities. Don't miss opportunities. Don't miss opportunities. I don't want to miss opportunity in anybody I meet their life. No, I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss opportunity in Iran's life. I don't want to miss opportunity in Marvel's. I don't want to miss opportunity in Danis. I don't want to miss opportunity in your life. I hear what I'm saying. And you too, don't miss opportunity. Alright? Don't miss opportunity. People are not things to be treated like if you have value to me, good. If you don't have value, get out. That's not how we treat people. That's how many of our generation is treating people. Avoid it all. I hear me. Avoid it. Avoid it. Glory to God. Verse 21. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. So this is what? Desperation. I hear what I'm saying. It's what? Desperation. She cried after us. In other words, okay, came. Oh, yes. And she's following after the disciples. Desperation. Desperation. Jesus ignored. This woman was so desperately pursuing. Watch it. Verse 23. It says, He answered her not a word. So Jesus ignored. Are you with me? He asked him once, he ignored. Because he knew the scope of his authority was just to Israelites at that time. So he ignored. But watch this. And disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she cried after us. For it to come to this point where disciples come and say, please send her away. It means he got very serious. Because they themselves couldn't send her away. A mother whose son is dying or whose daughter is dying. And who is desperate for a miracle. You can't send her away. She will be there with you. She will die there with you. Because her, her daughter or her son, her child needs life. Watch this, verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lordship of the house of Israel. Are you saying this? That was the scope of his authority. I am not sent, but unto the lordship of the house of what? Israel. 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Again, oh, 26. But he answered and said, it is not meat. The word meet is old Elizabethan English for qualified or right. I would mean. So you read in uh, Colossians 1 verse 11 where the Bible says, And had qualified us and made and had made us meet to be partakers of the saints' inheritance in the light. The word meet there is the word qualified. Praise God. So it says, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. This is proverbial. I would mean. But he's saying that you are not qualified. You are not deserving. 27. And she said, Truth, Lord. 
Acknowledge the truth. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. So the woman here was determined to get what she came for. Hallelujah. Look how Jesus said, verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Great faith. Say great faith. Say great faith. See from here that great faith is determined. She could have given up after Jesus Christ was not minding her. She could have given up. Great faith does not give up. Great faith is determined. I hear what I'm saying. Great faith is determined. Another quality of great faith is it has information. It has knowledge. Like in the centurion's situation. He knew that as a man of authority, he commands and people obey. So he has some knowledge. So when he said to Jesus Christ, just speak your word, he was saying that that same authority and principle will work for me here. Glory to God. Great faith. Hallelujah. Say great faith. Great faith. Romans chapter 4. I learned in somebody. Romans 4 from verse 17. Hallelujah. Are we there? He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope. So against hope, he believed in hope. What he wanted was against hope. When you are 99 years and you are impotent, and your, your wife is also over 90 years and barren. It is almost hopeless to believe for a child. I mean, no, regularly when people are even 40s, 30s, and the woman is barren, it's already a hopeless case to expect a child. Now, this one, it's not just barrenness plus old age, where the body naturally has retired, said, we are done with that business. That's the period that they were expecting for a child. Bible says verse 18, against hope, he believed in hope. What is that situation or how does your life look right now? Does it look so against hope? Well, there was somebody who was in that situation as well. But Bible says he did something. He believed and he hoped against hope. He said that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy thy, thy seed be. Verse 19, and be not weak in faith. Watch this. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So weak faith considers the circumstances. Weak faith considers that I don't have a degree. My mother makes only 500 Ghana cities a month. Things are too bad. Look at all my sisters. All of them born three, born four. Bible says, Abraham was not weak in faith. He did not consider the circumstances. He didn't consider what was his circumstance. His body was dead. That's the circumstance he was in. Bible says he didn't consider it. Weak faith will consider it and throw in the towel. Abraham was strong in faith. He didn't consider it. He said, no, what God said, that's what I'm still I'm, I'm holding on to. You see, faith is always in connection to the word. It's not blind operation. Or a leap on nothing. It's always in connection to the word. So Abraham was seeing that his circumstance is bad. But there was a word from God. That he was holding on to. That's what makes a difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what makes a difference. What has God spoken to you? By his word. By his spirit. By a prophet. What has God spoken to you? Look at what the Bible says. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, another circumstance. Not only is my body dead, meaning I can't function, I can't produce. You try everything from everything. Kofi says, leave me alone. I'm not waking up to any battle. Arise and fight for your rights. Yes, no, no arise out this time. And that was not the only one. Sarah too. 
Her womb is dead. The deadness of Sarah's womb. Look at what, what he did, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God. Weak faith staggers. This healing, will it happen? Will I really be great one day? Oh, it's false hope, false hope. It's motivational speaking. God is not a motivational speaker. There is motivation in his word, but he's not a motivational speaker. He's a creative speaker. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Before he speaks, it's done already. You are the one who is in time. And so you are traveling to what he has said about you. But as far as he's concerned, it is done. Your life is finished though. What God said about you. You are here today. Maybe you don't have a car. But in the future, where God already is, he's sitting down with you. With your cars, your houses, and your mansions. There's another Esther in you that is still coming out. You are just on the journey to that Esther. That's what many of us, we don't see. No, that the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Don't walk by what you are just seeing today. Walk by the Spirit. What is God saying? What has God shown? That's how you need to live your life. No tree, no tree jumps out from the skies and comes and sort like, way. Starts as a seed. Look at how big Marvin is. Look at how tall Victor is. Look at how stout Elvis is. Look at Emmanuel. Imagine that Emmanuel's mother praying for a baby. God, give me a child. God, give me a child. And God says, okay, Emmanuel like this. She will die. Yes, yeah, there will be no, no time for her to appreciate Emmanuel. God does not give you things in their already form. They are fruitful. He gives you to them in a the seed. And sometimes the greatness God has given to you, it is as little as a dream he has given to you. That's a seed. Sometimes as little as a prophetic word he has given to you. That's a seed. And then you allow your lack of faith to spoil the seed. No, don't be weak in faith. I hear what I'm saying. Don't what? Don't what? Don't what? Don't be weak in faith. You may be seeing the exact opposite happening in your life now. Maybe you are even the cause. Don't be weak in faith. He staggered on the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God, praising God, thanking God. And Lord, what you said will come to pass. What you said is going to come to pass. And I aligned myself with it. He aligned himself with it. He was strong in forgiving glory to God. That means he was still doing the same things he had to do. He never changed his name from Abraham back to Abraham. Take note, God changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. Over the 25 years, Abraham never got to a point where he said, Tali, it hasn't manifested. Stop calling me Abraham. Stop calling me Abraham. Because Abraham and Abraham don't mean the same thing. Abraham means assumed father. Abraham means father of many. At no point did Abraham stop and tell Sarah and tell the guys, stop calling me Abraham. He still accepted the Abraham. That shows that he was still strong in faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, when God has told you you are going to become something, or continue doing something, you are going to become something, and you get to a point and you stop doing it, you throw it away, you've thrown the word away because you don't believe again. That's not strong faith, that's weak faith. You were praying, 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 because God has said you're going to be this. You were doing that career, doing that trade, doing that career, doing that trade, because God said it's going to become this. You did it three years, did it some time, did it some months, nothing happened, you threw it away. Abraham didn't throw his name away. He still maintained Abraham. Still maintain what you are doing. Praise God. When you believe you are going to be great, what are the things great people do? Start doing it. When you believe you are going to be prosperous, what are the things prosperous people do? Start doing it. Start polishing yourself. Cut out laziness. Laziness will never make you manifest the word of God. Delete your procrastinations. Delete your excuses. Those things will never let you become what God wants you to become. 
and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. This is time to reaffirm your convictions concerning the word of God concerning your life. You can find more inspiring, uplifting, spirit-filled sermons and teachings at Christ Glory Ministries on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on every other podcast platforms. Help reach the lost by sharing links to the messages with your family, friends, and on your personal social platforms. God bless you.